Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. Welcome to season two of Rooting For You. As the seasons traditionally go, we've finished up with autumn and now it's time for winter. It's actually perfect that we're recording today because it has been freezing this week in Melbourne. Now, winter in Melbourne admittedly is not my favourite season. What I do love about winter is the snow, skiing, Northern Hemisphere Christmases. Winter in Melbourne is a little bit more dreary. An open fire and a hot chocolate or a glass of red and I'm a happy lady. I'm also hoping that Elise will be able to inspire us today with some wonderful winter gardening ideas. But before we get into what's going to be keeping us busy in the garden this winter, Elise, tell us what's been keeping you busy in the garden this week. Trying to stay warm has been uh, keeping me busy up on the mountain where I am. It's been particularly cold. It's so cold. (laughs) It really is. And, you know, some people actually love gardening in the cold weather because... They hate the idea of like getting all sweaty in summer, like the winter. That's a good point. Yeah, it's often said like do your do your hard jobs in winter, and you know my mum like she loves gardening in winter, hates it in summer. Frankly, I'd much prefer gardening in summer, bring on the sunshine. But I do actually really like winter to get some of those jobs done that you don't get round to earlier. Mm. So for me this week, what I was actually doing was working on my watering system because you know how obsessed I am with having a good watering system especially with a garden as big as mine. So I've actually been planting a lot more strawberry plants and don't have watering systems for them. So I've been rigging up polytubes and all oh manner gosh, of things. That does sound like hard work. I know this is the person who like wouldn't even know the difference between a nail and a hammer five years ago. And now I'm rigging up my own watering system. So all my strawberries will be well watered because there's nothing worse than coming into the warmer months. It appears out of nowhere and you don't have this stuff sorted. So that was my weekend. Speaking of watering systems, we should 100% put that on the podcast schedule at some Definitely. point coming up. <laughs> Definitely. Lots of watering options. Uh, and the other thing I was doing was giving some love to my asparagus. So winter's Ooh. the time to cut it down, mulch it, give it some love. And then in spring, you'll have your beautiful spring asparagus. Oh, lovely. Hmm. What have you been doing, Tess? Talk us through your garden. So big updates from me. My garlic has started to sprout. Oh, you've got shooty uppies. <laughs> I have some shooty uppies, which is very exciting. Fantastic. And also my broccolini is just going absolutely gangbusters, which just fills me with so much joy. What has disappointed me most out of my crops this season everyone knows how much my rocket is just going absolutely gangbusters um but my my brussels sprouts really letting the team down and i spotted a couple of um caterpillars on them today sneaky caterpillars camouflage in the same color as the leaves well uh that is what a caterpillar does best (laughs) (laughs) camouflages itself to the leaves Often when it gets really cold, that's the end of them. So for me, where I am, I'm not getting any more caterpillars. But in Melbourne, even in June, so even in kind of the first month of winter, wherever you are in the world, caterpillars can still be a really big problem. Manually removing them and squashing them or feeding them to your chickens is a great option. Oh, good, because I just, I just picked them all off and put them in the bin. Yeah, okay, perfect. You might want to kill them though, because what if they get out of the bin? 
Oh. In oh. the rubbish bin? Oh. <laughs> in, in the rubbish bin that okay. goes out into okay. the... they're not going to come back then. <laughs> so that's your first option. Your second option is there's a lot of like powders you can dust them with, the actual plants, which are natural powders that will then kill the caterpillars. I like these in the warmer months, but in the winter months with so much rain, it can actually often wash. And when I say powders, one is in particular I'm thinking of is diatomaceous earth. Problem is, as soon as it rains, the powder's gone and the protection's gone. The other thing you can use, which is a natural option for pest control, is called Dipel. But again, this doesn't do so well with the rain. Mm. So how bad are we talking? Firstly, I've got them all off now. So I'm just going to monitor now and see whether that was enough. Mm to get them all off. Followers of our Instagram account would have seen that I posted a lovely photo of Brussels sprouts um, this week. That was not my plant. <laughs> that wasn't my plant this year, actually. It was my plant last year. Um, oh, well, that's good. It's not like your current status no, of where your not. Brussels sprouts are at. So no. let's, I think I'm just going to keep monitoring it for now, but a good good suggestion on, on the powder and the natural what? caterpillar deterrent as well. What I would say is if you had – look at the weather forecast. If you've got like four or five days of no rain, which, you know, is quite feasible, give it a spray or a powder then and then that might just kind of break the cycle a bit and you'll get it a bit more under control. Mm-hmm. That Like don't bother doing it if it's going to rain tomorrow. Yeah. And if you can get it under control just manually removing them, then don't even worry. Now, onto your Brussels sprouts. I will say I thought you planted them a bit late. Classic. When will I learn? Well, hopefully after this podcast. <laughs> so, I think they're also not in my the sunnier of my two beds as well, which yeah. might be a problem. Yeah, it's not going to help, especially being late in the ground. Brussels sprouts are one of the hardest, not hardest, but harder things to grow. So I wouldn't be surprised that you're not having as much success with them. With most of the winter crops in that family, your kales, your broccoli, your cabbage, cauliflower, you can get them in kind of end of summer all through autumn and they will do fine brussels sprouts really need to go in early to mid-summer and you were kind of looking more at the early autumn i was so what will happen is the plant will grow it'll do its thing for a bit but you know you're never going to get those big bulgy the glorious brussels Mm. the sprouts i would almost say rip them out and put something else in whoa whoa If controversial <laughs> if we're in winter and they're not doing anything yet and you've seen the photo of mine like okay i would say god crack on truth bombs. Else. i know it's hard but i mean if i feel if i feel like you're gonna fail i don't want you to wait till mm. spring and then maybe i just leave the best ones in and pull okay. out some of the ones that are doing less do well. that um 50, one 50. last update for you is mm. i have i went and got a packet of um, mixed lettuce seeds oh lovely and i put them in and they're not doing anything just yet no. um so i'll keep you posted on that but you said i could do it and so i've given it a shot fantastic <laughs> and what you know in summer they might only take a week to germinate but given how cold it is it will take longer so i'm not surprised that you know it hasn't seen wham bam action just yet mm. but uh let us know next week mm. what they're doing So that was a massive tangent to start off this episode. So back to winter because this is season two, two, episode one. So off we go. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, Elise, winter. What are we going to be doing this season? Well, surprisingly, there's actually heaps you can plant in winter, which I think most people don't think of. In the veggie garden the kind of quick growing stuff, it's still not too late to plant your Asian greens, your mustards, 
your Chinese broccoli, radishes, rocket, peas, onions. Now, they're going to be slower. Don't expect the kind of growth you're going to get in the other seasons, but it is fine to get them in now. So if you've got space in your bed, which Tess, now you might actually, if those Brussels sprouts come out, (laughs) get those things in. Frankly, I wouldn't expect people usually to have space in their beds at this time of year. Like it's not common to kind of be pulling a crop out. But if you've got it, there is, again, no excuse to leave an empty bed through winter. There is still stuff you can plant. And if you're inspired by any of these crops to have, is is there any of those ones that are particularly good for just a little pot? If you went and got a pot or a a small raised garden bed, whatever you got space for, what would be great for that kind of level of, if you wanted to just quickly add something in now because you're inspired? Well, actually pretty much everything except the onions, Asian greens, the mustards, the Uh, the Asian broccoli is actually a lot smaller than the kind of heading broccoli that we usually think of. Radishes, rocket peas, all that can be grown Mm. in a pot or a small garden bed. And I'm jumping ahead, but I do think that now is a really good time to set things up for spring. You know, add that raised garden bed you've been thinking of, get the pot set up. Because once spring comes, you're going to want to put in the really fun crops. You want to have the garden kind of ready for that. So you might as well take your time, potter along, and then come spring when the weather warms up, you are ready and raring to go. Mm. But back to planting. So it's not just the veggie patch. Like this is probably the least fun time in the veggie patch, but it's actually the time where we can really crack on with fruit trees and other edibles in the garden. So any deciduous fruit trees, I'm talking apples, cherries, pears, peaches, plums, anything that loses their leaves in winter, and I'm talking like every single leaf, all of those fruit trees are best planted in winter. Okay. So if you're inspired to get any of those in, do it now. The other thing that's great to plant now are raspberry canes or other berries and even strawberries and also rhizomes like asparagus and rhubarb. So asparagus and rhubarb are a bit different to the rest of the vegetables we grow because we don't grow them from a seed, you know, have a plant them in spring, have a big flush and then rip them out again these are actually perennials that we put in and then they stay in the garden forever so they get treated a bit differently now the reason we plant all these deciduous trees and these rhizomes in winter is because they're all dormant so they're not doing much so it's a good time to move them around Mm -hmm. you're not gonna be upsetting them too much you're not gonna be upsetting them they're not stressed about the heat they're not putting heaps of energy into growing they are literally doing nothing and the way that we're talking about them, I imagine they've they're grown a little bit when you buy them. And I know that we're going to do full episodes on um, that we've got lined up on planting fruit trees and planting raspberries. So I don't want to get into too much of an in-depth discussion right now. But it sounds like we're buying a bit of a fully formed plant. Yeah. Yes, we are. We are buying, yeah, I mean, in the case of a fruit tree, like it's a tree. And in the case of the other things, it's basically a piece of root. So a rhizome is a root that we then plant and it grows, the plant grows from that. But it is way more advanced than growing from a seed. Like if you grew rhubarb or asparagus from a seed, you'd be at least two years behind if you grew it from a rhizome or Mm -hmm. a root cutting. It literally looks like a piece of root that you would just find in the soil. Like, And the reason, other than the fact that you know, these plants are dormant now, so it's a good time to move them around. They are actually a lot cheaper to buy in winter. And this is because they're sold bare-rooted. Now, bare-rooted is one of these gardening terms that I heard a hundred times over and had no friggin' idea what it meant. <laughs> yeah, break it down for us. What is, what's bare-rooted? <laughs> so it is, unsurprisingly, 
somewhat as it sounds. Uh, the roots are bare. So there is no pot and there's no soil. Ah. It literally is a tree with its roots bare. Right. The reason this is cheaper to buy is you can imagine from the gardener perspective when you don't have to provide the pot or the soil, moving them around is a lot easier because they're a lot lighter. You know, they're a lot easier to manage when they're a bare-rooted plant. So, again, they're a lot cheaper than when you buy them in spring and they've been potted up. We can have them as roots out exposed to the world because they're dormant you could never sell a citrus so a citrus is evergreen all year round you'll see your orange Mm, at home it won't ever lose its leaves you could never sell a citrus bare rooted it would die Mm -hmm. but these dormant plants can and the reason i put the asparagus and the rhubarb the raspberries the strawberries in the same category is that their rhizomes or their roots are kind of the same thing and you'll actually it's not called bare rooted usually but you will buy the root as just a piece of root it's sometimes in sawdust to keep it moist but it's literally a chunk of root there'll be a tray of them sitting on the bench at the nursery i'm definitely going to need to google this because i just cannot imagine (laughs) we'll have to put some photos on the instagram the only trick with the bare rooted and the rhizomes is that you just got to keep them moist they don't need anything else but you don't want them to dry out okay so if you buy one, often they'll say plant it straight away. But if you can't plant it straight away, as long as you keep it moist, it'll be fine. Like don't sit it in a bucket of water. <laughs> <laughs> but again, often people use moist sawdust or things like that to just keep the moisture to the roots. Again, we're not going to get deep into this because we'll do other episodes on planting these things. But anything that can be sold bare-rooted, now's the time to buy it. Now's the time to plant it. The other thing to do in winter is pruning So Mm. lots of pruning in the garden. Now, if you're new to gardening and you don't have any edibles or plants that you've planted, you won't have anything to prune this year. But over time, you will need to prune, especially for extra fruit and extra flowers. So you can obviously leave a plant and never prune it. And it's going to look a bit scraggly. And actually, it probably won't produce as much fruit and flowers. Mm -hmm. So you can leave it, but... You know, if you're in the game, give it a snip and it will actually respond really well to that and produce what we're looking for. Now, pruning is really difficult and even I do not have yeah. my head around it. <laughs> I was about to say, can you do like a high level summary of what pruning is? But no, it's no. as difficult as I imagine it is. Yeah. Some plants, you go ham, you cut them down like to the point that you think you're going to kill them and they actually come back stronger. Mm-hmm. Some plants. Other plants, if you do that, you will kill them. So I would say it's a... Whatever you're pruning, Google it, read about it. Okay. And there are some fruit trees, like they say apples fruit breast on first year wood. I still don't even really understand what that means. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. But what I do is I Google it. I see the picture of the guy pruning it and I go from there. Mm -hmm. But winter's the time to do it. And this is the same with herbs, you know, like rosemary, sage, uh, lavenders in the garden, everything like that. Natives, Tess, this is not really the topic of the podcast. And I don't know a huge amount about natives, but I do know Tess has a lot in her garden, which is why I've diverted to natives. Uh, winter is also the time Now's to prune the time. them. Okay. So again, do a little Google. Mm. And it just keeps everything looking nice, keeps everything productive. And, you know, especially for something like lavender, if you don't prune it down, it gets really woody and scrappy mm. looking. So get your secateurs out. Cuttings. This is another interesting job for winter. You can grow plants from sticks of other plants so we this is interesting and we have spoken about it we have we've very briefly mentioned it this seems very difficult it's actually so easy and 
that was the world's worst description of it. But basically that I gave earlier, basically what it is, is it's growing plants for free. Like you take a piece of one plant, stick it in the soil and you grow a genetically identical clone of that plant in a little pot on your own. Do you, (laughs) how do you know what bit to take? Okay. So there's a lot to it as far as, you know, different plants, different times, but Winter is the time for hardwood cuttings. Now that is grapevines, figs, roses, apple trees, uh, plum trees, cherries, all those. What you do is you take a cutting about 30 centimetres long and because you prune your trees, you're actually probably going to end up with like 100 cuttings of each tree Mm. anyway. So I like doing it when I do the pruning because then I can just use the pruning bits. Makes so take sense. a bit, yeah. So take a bit that's 30 centimetres long and what you actually are looking for is nodes on the fruit tree. What a node is, is like the bumpy bit. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bump. That's where in spring, if you left that plant on the tree, it would grow a shoot. But if we plant it in the soil from that node, it'll actually grow roots. Ah, so okay. Take, so the node goes into the soil. Yes. There'll be heaps of nodes on your 30 centimetre stick. What you want to do is stick that, ha ha, uh, <laughs> halfway into a pot of soil so if it's 30 centimeters you're going to poke 15 centimeters into a pot okay and best to do this in in pots yeah best to do it in pots because the key is you got to keep it moist so in the garden bed it's you obviously got a bit less control over the moisture and you know you there's no reason to use up precious garden bed space Mm. take like a 20 centimeter pot like 20 centimeters across fill it with soil get six eight sticks from your neighbor's fig tree make sure they've got nodes on them and just stick them all in the pot Mm, okay and keep it moist so the only thing you can stuff up here is letting it dry out then come spring it's going to grow roots from those you're going to tip the pot out and probably a couple of them aren't going to take like it's on 100 percent, but i'd say like 80 percent of them will and you'll have six little fig trees with little roots and then you put those into their own pots and then you grow them into big fig trees amazing it's so so interesting once you learn more about plants and you're good with plants that you actually end up with more plants for free than what you even want because Mm. if you planted every cutting that you took like every cutting you took when you were pruning your fruit trees like you'd have like 100 fruit trees every year like it would be crazy gift them to 100 of your best friends exactly exactly so look I wouldn't say if you're starting a garden that you should really try and grow everything yourself from a cutting because it's going to be slower than going to the nursery and buying the bare rooted but if you've got the trees or you've got a neighbor or a friend with the trees you might as well have a go at it because it literally takes five minutes and Mm. if they take brilliant if they don't you've lost five minutes yeah 100 percent. and particularly while it sounds like we're not going to be as busy in winter as we are in other other seasons so now's the time to give it a shot yeah because the thing is the watering in summer and autumn just kills everyone so you take the watering out of it like that gives you hours and hours Mm. in a week back and you know it's a lot less stressful because it's not like something has to get done that exact day like the watering Mm. you know everything's it's a bit more relaxed so yeah you've got a bit more time give it a go grapes figs roses apple trees figs are by far the easiest one figs like a fig will like drop a stick and you'll like find a little (laughs) fig tree like honestly it's that easy so if someone you know has a fig give that one a shot first okay and figs are delicious Figs are delicious and they're expensive to buy and Mm. they're very easy to grow. We should do a whole episode on growing figs because that's another kettle of fish. But yeah, just to recap, the hardwood cuttings. You can do this same process for a whole lot of other plants in the garden, but they usually require slightly different 
a slightly different season to do it so and a slightly different way that you do it so we'll cover those in different yeah, times let's just stick stick to the autumn facts now <laughs> the autumn facts or the, or winter, the, autumn, facts? the winter facts the winter facts <laughs> the winter facts so hardwood cuttings the other thing you can do to get free plants in winter and this is one to get free plants but also as like a maintenance to your existing plants if you don't have these plants existing this is not helpful for you but when you do next year you can divide them and you should divide them should they get too big this is rhubarb artichokes horseradish garlic chives asparagus any of those rhizome rooty tubery type things under the soil what you literally do is dig up the entire plant get a shovel and like spade it in half like hack it up (laughs) and that that sounds fun um you mentioned garlic in that is is garlic sorry garlic chives oh okay right sorry sorry sorry. so that's Um, like a a flavoring of chives that has garlic and it has quite a dense root system under the yum that sounds good yeah yeah i i really like them garlic and chive what a combo i know and you just like snip them into your salad so you 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 just what drive your spat your your shovel into the root system and literally because remember earlier when i spoke about you buy a rhizome of rhubarb so basically what we're doing here like all they've done is they've taken a rhubarb plant and like chopped off some bits of root and sold it to you you can take a rhubarb plant chop off some bits of root and grow your own rhubarb (laughs) So And so then you've got your two halves and you just pop them both back in. You just plant them back in separately. Oh, so okay. again, you're going to have more plants than you know what to do with. This is, you know, if, you've, if you planted these last season, you know, a year on, they're not going to need dividing. If you want to divide them because you want more plants, go for gold. They're not going to need dividing. However, if you've got, you know, a patch of artichokes or rhubarb that's, say, 8, 10 years old, it'll actually do the plant a favour to divide it up. It's like, it's almost like a prune. It's like a root prune. Mm. So if you're at that point, give it a go just to help the plant. And then the side benefit is you will get free plants. So if you've got a neighbor or a friend with some rhubarb, I would recommend uh, go asking them if you can cut cut some bits off. And the thing is, when you grow from seed, right, you're growing from a parent and then you're, so the parent creates the seed and then you grow the seed and the seed's the child. Whereas when you divide or you do the cuttings, you're actually taking an exact clone of that plant and the reason twin it is it's the identical twin in fact and why this is important is because some plants it's not like all rhubarb is exactly the same rhubarb it's not you get you know kind of like humans you get tall ones you get short ones Mm, you know so if there's a part so like i have one rhubarb plant that i love it has the best rhubarb way better than any other plants so what i did was i divided that up and planted that one out so now pretty much all my rhubarb is that one plant so it's like when you're onto a good thing keep yeah. copying it so in your garden if you've got all these fruit trees but one of them is just going amazingly get a genetic clone of that one or if your neighbor has a tree that is going amazingly you mm. know that it's good in your area it likes your temperature take that one and again no one's going to ha- take issue with a bit of a cutting it is an interesting way to get plants and i think it's actually almost a more reliable way than seeds now obviously you can't do this for all plants yeah. so you're not going to take your lettuce and try and divide its roots <laughs> or anything crazy like that but for the plants you can do it it's a really good skill to have and it's actually not difficult at all that would be kind of my main jobs i'd be doing in winter so we were saying we weren't going to be very busy in winter but it turns out we're going to be very busy in winter (laughs) 
<laughs> I think when it comes to winter, you can be as busy or not busy as you want. That's a very good point. Because you don't have the demands of the hot weather. And if you don't have plants already, this is your first winter growing, you're not going to be pruning, you're not going to be taking cuttings at least from your own plants and you're not going to be dividing your own plants. But it is the best time to get all those perennial plants in. Yeah, so if you're in, inspired to be able to do this next year, then now's the time to get them in to be forward thinking to say, well, yes, I do want to learn how to do that. So let's plant something that for next year I can. Exactly. And I get that, you know, asparagus, rhubarb, these are actually kind of more advanced things to grow. They're not going to be what a beginner gardener necessarily would choose unless you really love either of them. But something like strawberries, you can get a pot, like a tiny pot, self-watering pots that we talked about for the indoor episode. Mm. They There's plenty of outdoor pots that are also self-watering. Strawberries love those. You can buy the little crowns. They're called crowns for strawberries. Uh, they'll be bare-rooted, super cheap, in a little thing of sawdust at the nursery. Get a couple of those in a pot and come summer, you're going to have beautiful red strawberries that you've grown yourself. With any of these little cuttings that we're putting in, all the strawberries, do we need to be worried about frost or anything? Really good question because there are a lot of plants that are affected by frost, like your citrus, that kind of thing. You're never going to prune them in winter. You're not going to be trying to plant them in winter. It's just too hard. But the thing with these deciduous trees is that they're basically gone in winter. They've packed their bags and they've just <laughs> they've left the building, you know. There's really nothing that can damage them because there isn't anything to damage, if that makes sense. Mm. So fruit trees, everything's gone. The berry canes, everything's gone. You'll still – asparagus, everything's gone. Rhubarb, you'll still have some, but it can 100% handle the frost. Strawberries will still have their green part. They'll be totally fine in the frost. Okay. Come back stronger in spring and then summer you're going to have fruit. Fantastic. I mean, we, we signposted there. There's a few topics that we're going to deep dive into because that was a huge amount of information in a very yeah. short period of time. Yeah. But um, I'm really excited for this season. I reckon it's a fun time, you know, just have some have some fun with it. So the big question, is the juice worth the squeeze? This is where we look at the effort-reward ratio of today's topic. The categories are superstar, high effort, high reward. Completing this will make you feel like an absolute rock star. Best on ground, low effort, high reward. Quick wins and fill-ins, low effort, low reward. And finally, the wooden spoon. High effort, but not much reward. Now, if you can put all of these winter activities into the squeezy juice matrix, which might be a bit hard, where, where do you reckon you're going? Oh, goodness. I think... Look, for me, if I can jump in... Please. They're certainly in, in the high effort. They sound... Oh, Oh gosh. Okay, we're gr- it's it's so hard to do the seasonal ones because there's so many things in there, and so some many things. things like the um, the halving of the plant seemed like it was quite fun. It didn't seem like it would be too much hard work, but pruning does seem like it's harder work. So, I don't like pruning. Yeah, so that seems like it's higher effort. Oh gosh, maybe it's just too hard to do squeezy juice for. Well, I mean, we can't we can't do it for the whole season, but I will say planting of the bare rooted fruit trees. Easy, big reward or the bare-rooted rhizomes. I'll say pruning is a bloody prick. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not good at it. It freaks me out every time. But it's still it's still high reward. So maybe it's if it's high, if it's high reward. Or maybe it's still maybe superstar. Maybe it's still superstar. I think it is because, honestly, if you just let your fruit trees just 
go, you're really not going to get anywhere near as much fruit. And, you know, I have... The product will suffer. The product will. And one gardening expert said to me years ago, which has really stuck with me, she said a well-managed small area is going to produce way more food than a poorly managed large area. Mm. So what I take from that is if the pruning thing seems all too hard for you, maybe plant one tree instead of three, but maintain that really well and prune that properly and feed that properly. Mm. And then you're actually going to get a whole lot more off that one tree than what you would off three poorly looked after trees. Mm. That's excellent advice. I thought it was good, especially for me at the start, because I was trying to do everything and kind of nailing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So I think just, just get good at one thing and then, you know, move on to the next. The cuttings, that is best on ground because that is so easy and if you get like if you get eight fig trees and it's taking you five minutes like pot them up give them to all your friends as presents and look at the money you've saved as well (laughs) not just for yourself but for everyone and especially if it's a fig you like Mm. even better because you buy one from the nursery like you don't know if you're gonna like that fig yeah 100 percent. and and what you were saying before about you know that if you have a friend who or a neighbor you know it does well in your climate that mm. particular version of the plant mm. and that is incredibly important because even the same type of plant like i find one performs well in my area and then the next one should but it just doesn't always so again by taking that that dna clone it yeah it makes sure that that plant is good for your climate it's key. So get to know your neighbours, get your secateurs and start walking <laughs> around. I will say dividing, given that we've we've given thoughts on the other ones, uh, it's a bit of effort. Mm. I, don't, I don't love it. Okay. Our friend Ange did it with me with the rhubarb a couple of years ago. And it's very rewarding because we ended up with like 20 rhubarb plants, but it was a real prick of a job. Huge amount. Actually, of I've got a photo of me with a beanie on what looks like my pajamas and this big shovel in the middle of winter digging up the rhubarb. So <laughs> we'll put that on the Instagram and you guys can assess our squeezy juice matrix on that one. <laughs> all in all, I'm super looking forward to winter. We've got so much to talk about, so many brand new topics for me, which is exciting. So um, can't wait. Rooting for You is hosted by Elise and Tess. You can find us on Instagram at Rooting for You Pod or email rootingforyou at elisealexandra.com.